0: In some past episodes, we've talked about how vital it is to make everyone in a team feel empowered or even obligated to be candid, to say what's on their mind. We've also talked about how much it matters that every team member listen well, what Stephen Covey calls seeking first to understand, then to be understood. Both of those, being frank and listening before reacting, are building blocks for team health. But today we're gonna raise the standards. We're gonna talk about a higher level aptitude, something I'll call the advancer function or listening forward. Try to imagine a really good live jazz session. If you were asked to explain how that was different from, say, a piano recital, how would you answer? I have an old friend who writes jazz reviews. A few years ago, he was in New Orleans and I took him to a live performance. Afterward, I asked, how did you like that? His answer surprised me. He asked me, did you listen to the solos? They were just taking turns playing something they had already rehearsed. That's very different from one player listening closely to another then reacting to what the other player just did. In great jazz, they influence each other in real time. That's what makes it interesting. I've never forgotten that and I look for it now when I'm listening to live music. You can go on YouTube and look up the Dave Brubeck Quartet performing Take Five at this dressed up hipster place in Belgium in the early 1960s. Watch the band members closely. You'll see them occasionally smiling at one another in surprise or recognition, like they're trading some kind of inside joke. That's jazz. Now think about a really elegant offense in basketball. If you had to explain how that's different from, say, tennis, how would you answer? In tennis, we have a zero-sum game where I get the ball or I don't, I return it or I don't, I score or I don't, and so on. If I'm reacting to what my opponent does, it's only so I can stop him. We're not reinforcing each other. We're not leveraging or building on each other. Compare that to the sort of non-binary additive jazz you could see in basketball teams like the early 1980s Lakers. When we call teams like those elegant, it's because they established beautiful flows where they were highly alert to each other's movements and reacting to those. Watching really fluid soccer can bring that same kind of satisfaction to a knowledgeable fan. I'm betting that's why fans call soccer the beautiful game. You can usually spot people who've played sports where team spacing is important. They have a certain spatial awareness that makes them physically easier to be around. The ones who haven't can get in your way in the kitchen. You may have deduced that that's an inside joke and you're right, and it'll get me in trouble if the wrong person plays this episode, so let's keep going. Bringing this closer to our work world, Have you ever been inside a highly effective creative group and had a chance to compare that to a less effective one? There are a lot of articles and studies of what makes a successful creative organization, and more than a few of them go back to some early studies that break the functions in successful creativity into several subsets. The first is the creator, the person who says, what if... The second is the advancer, the person who says, here's how you could make that work, or here's where that would add value. Then there's the refiner, the person who says, if you're trying to do that, here's a way to make it cheaper or more reliable or easier to install. And then there's the implementer, the person who says, I can finish this and turn this into something real, or I can use it over and over with high consistency. It's that second function, the advancer function, that's pivotal. Tons of people have ideas. Creators and creative ideas are everywhere, partly because it's fun. But 99.99% of ideas go nowhere. So throwing out ideas is not really the critical thing. The scarcer personality is the one who can redirect or channel an idea so that it's not stillborn. In our new products group, we were talking about the violence that a certain package type encounters on traditional conveyance when it changes direction or changes pack density. One person in the group, not an engineer, asked, why couldn't you solve it this way? Another person, an engineer, said, here's the problem with that. But yes, if you change your idea a little bit, it could work. The pivot point was the way that engineer reacted to the first idea. If he had given a binary answer, a tennis answer, he would have been right, but he would have killed the conversation. Instead, he listened forward or advanced the idea. Now that same idea is in late stage feasibility and it's generating a lot of excitement. At 3M, their industry-based business units handle their own new product development. But 3M also runs a set of independent central research labs to come up with new core capabilities in things like abrasives, adhesives, and microencapsulation. 3M people say, we use the labs to keep restocking the technology store so that knowledgeable people in the business units can connect dots. 3M's business model depends on a population of advancers in their business unit listening forward, making jazz. In a previous episode of this podcast named 54 Patents and Counting, I interviewed serial inventor Matt Forney. Matt is not only a prolific inventor, he's also very successful in getting his new ideas placed at our major accounts. When a technology is young, Matt is looking for what he calls the maven, the early adapter who's quick to see the potential in new things. In other words, we show knowledgeable people in our customer base the core functionality of something Matt has invented, and we let them connect dots to see where and how to apply it. That's also jazz. Later, we begin to see some patterns that we know how to communicate and package, and that's when we've mainstreamed the product and mainstream the commercial work. I said earlier that among the different personality types that touch innovation, the creator, the advancer, the refiner, and the implementer, The advancer is the most scarce. That may be because advancing the ideas of others can be a kind of high-leverage egolessness. When we lived in Amsterdam, our children attended the international school. In our son's class was a Russian kid who was highly self-conscious of his English and for that reason never spoke. I'll protect the friend's name just in case this podcast has a wider audience than I think it has. Let's call him Vladimir. Anyway, at one point, Vladimir finally uttered a tentative sentence in English. Our son started running around the classroom calling, Did you hear that? Vladimir spoke. Our son said it in the most encouraging way. Vladimir smiled and grew less and less quiet that same day. That was also listening forward, taking an egoless interest in something initiated by someone else. Anyway, This activity is critical to what we call conversation quality in innovation. You could audit your group's conversation quality and even audit yourself as a group member through a sequence of questions. First, do we speak frankly with each other? That's the starting point. No politics, no hidden agendas, no secrets, no surprises. That's critical. Second, do we listen well to each other Before we disagree, are we sure we understood what the other person was trying to say? So as I mentioned earlier, those are the two critical building blocks. You have to start with those. But they're still potentially binary, meaning it can still look a lot like tennis with respectful back and forth until somebody yields. It looks like yes, no. It looks like agree, disagree. So this third step, which is the whole point of this podcast, is... Do we also have that egoless function of advancing each other's idea? The advancer function looks more like no but or yes and. And if you ask me to audit an innovation group that wasn't scoring or a group that was simply frustrated in its change management, that's the first question I would ask. I'd be looking for conversation quality all the way up through that pivotal advancer function, the aptitude for listening forward. The aptitude for jazz.